Graham of Women at the Well Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Our faith grows as we learn who God truly is. Just one look, even a glance at Psalms 144, will fill your heart with such confidence in God and assurance that God is able that you will easily be transformed to walk by faith and not by sight. In part four of this five-part series on the characteristic roles of God, come take a journey with Kim through the scriptures focusing on Psalms 144, and let the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. And today we're going to take apart verses 1, 2, and 3 of Psalms as our fourth part of our five-part series on knowing the characteristic roles of God. And in fact, we are going to read them right now for you, but we're going to talk today about him, him, God, being our deliverer and our shield. It reads as this, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hand to war and my fingers to fight. My goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makest account of him. In the eighth chapter of Psalms, we see a verse very similar to this. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Clearly, the psalmist David had this all and an absolute adoration for God. In fact, God himself said that David was a man after his own heart. And so though David walked in and out of the will of God, David had a love for God. And we as Christians today need to have a love for God, one that draws us ever to him as we may step left or right of the center of his will. We need to be drawn to him, and, and we need to practice 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to live a life that is focused and centered on absolutely positively being in the center of God's will. And to do that means we need to be in all of God. We need to love him with our whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. We need to be single-mindedly focused on following the word of God and following his commands and following his promises. But the only way that we're going to be able to be single-mindedly focused on following what God would have us to do and becoming the person that God intended for us to become 
is if we understand his characteristics, the, the way he presents himself in all situations, and the roles in which he presents himself to us. In our previous three parts of this five-part series, we talked about him being our Lord. We spoke of him being our strength, our teacher, our goodness, our fortress, and our high tower. And today we're going to hone in on the fact that he is our deliverer. Regardless of who you are, you fall under the term whosoever. And in Romans 10, 13, he said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in Romans 3, 23, he said that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So Romans 3, 23 clearly depicts to us the condition of our soul without the deliverance of Jesus, God's only son. And Romans 10, 13 explains that all of us who have this depravity of sin have the promise and the opportunity to receive deliverance from the punishment that sin thrusts upon our lives. See, we are told that in Romans 6, 23, that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So on this road that you may be on, if you haven't received Jesus as your Savior, and in John 3, 16, we're told, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you've not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then you are on this road of destruction, this road of death. Because that's what the wages of sin is. And you're either working for Jesus or you're working for the devil. There's nothing in between. And so as we begin to look at this deliverance, first we have to be focused on the fact that it is God who sent his son and his son's precious blood on the cross of Calvary that delivers us from the consequences of sin. The ultimate consequence of being without God, being separated from him for eternity in hell. And so once we've come to that conclusion that Jesus is our Savior, he doesn't stop being our deliverer. And I can quickly throw your minds to a very common story or an account in the book of Daniel in Daniel chapter 6. And Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because Daniel refused to denounce God. Daniel refused to compromise his life in such a way that it would make anyone think that he was serving anyone but the one true living God. Daniel had committed his life that he was going to live a life that exhibited the goodness the grace, the mercy, and the deliverance of God. And in going about his business of being committed to Jesus, the king of the land is distraught. Because now Daniel, whom the king loved, is going to be thrown into the lion's den. But I want you to see that Daniel knew God. He knew his characteristics. 
He knew how he behaved. And perhaps even more importantly, he knew he could trust him. And so the account in Daniel 6 shows that Daniel was sewn into the lion's den. And Daniel slept. Yeah, you heard me. He slept peacefully. The next morning he wakes up and there's not a hair on his head that has been harmed. For God had delivered him just as he said he would. That's a miracle. In case no one's told you lately, he's still in a miracle doing business. In Daniel chapter 6, maybe even a more familiar passage of scripture is the three Hebrew children who wouldn't bow, wouldn't bend to any other God but the one true living God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it didn't matter. In fact, at one point, they say, if my God doesn't deliver me from the furnace, he's still my God. I've always loved that part of the scripture because I think some of us, we put some conditions on our commitment to God. We put some conditions on our trust in God. We put some conditions on how much we love him. If he's our puppet on a string and we tell him what we want and tell him what to do and he does that, then he's God. But in the event that something doesn't go the way that we think it should go, we now elevate ourselves above God and think God has done something wrong. God has failed us. God has done the wrong thing. Well, first of all, God cannot fail. Second of all, God does not do the wrong thing. And third of all, you definitely can't be elevated above him. You are neither omniscient nor omnipotent, and he is both. And as we begin to look at this role of him being deliverer, and we think about the Hebrew children in the furnace, I submit to you that these Hebrew children knew who he was. They knew his character. They knew the way he behaved. They knew how he would respond to their pleas. Because they knew they were asking God for his deliverance while they were in the center of his plan. See, I think we have a lot to learn from the three Hebrew children, and that's a whole other message. But what I will say is this. The Hebrew children were not submitting to their will, because if they'd have been submitting to their will, I promise you they would have never gone in the furnace the first time. They were submitting to his will. And even though they couldn't understand it, they weren't quite sure how it was going to work. They believed and they knew who God was and how he was. And they walked in the furnace willingly. You say, well, how do you know they went willingly? They didn't walk in. They were thrown in. You are correct, they were thrown in because the people who threw them in the furnace was so hot it killed them. I know they went willingly because they never bend or bowed to any other God but the one true living God. And that's all they had to do to get out. But they knew that God would deliver them. And the account goes a little bit further and As Nebuchadnezzar looks into the furnace, he says, did we not send three men into the fiery furnace? The crowd who watched it all happen agreed, yes. But Nebuchadnezzar says this, but I see four men in the fire, and the fourth man is like unto the Son of God. 
He's the fourth man in the fire. He will deliver you because none of the four stayed in the fire. They came out of the fire and not even the smell of smoke on them. See, but they were willing to follow God even if the plan didn't fit what they wanted it to be. Promise you they didn't want to go into the fire. I promise you they were a little afraid even though they knew who God was. They knew God would be right, but they weren't sure his right was the same right as their right. Have you been there? I know God's plan is always right. I'm just not always sure that mine's syncing up with it. As Christians, we need to be, our plan needs to sync up with his plan. We need to have no expectation of his plan syncing up with ours. He is omnipotent and he is omniscient. He's all-powerful. And he is God. And so we see that the Hebrew children and Daniel were all delivered. So what does that mean for me and you? It means when we trust him and we understand who he is and we adequately, appropriately apply his word to our lives, then we can be like the psalmist David in Psalm 34, 4 that said, I sought the Lord. And he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. That's a faith that will not fail. A faith that knows that when you seek the Lord, he will be found. A faith that knows that when he hears you, he will, he will deliver you. A faith that knows that when you pray, he will hear you. We can be like the psalmist David who said in Psalm 75, But I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer. O Lord, make no tearing. Have you ever been in a jam and you needed him now? Aren't you glad? For the book of Hebrews it says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Aren't you glad for the picture of this? When Peter is in the boat, the storm's raging, the seas are high. He sees a figure out on the water, and he says, Lord, if that be you, bid me come. And he says, come. And Peter walks on the water. He walks on the storm. He walks above the problem. He walks above the issues. So long as he is looking at God, who was already there, he wasn't calling for him to be there. He was already there. So, of course, when he acknowledged him, when he began to employ him in his life as he needed to by just believing and allowing God to take over, he walked on the storm. That's what you can do, too. And you can have him there instantaneously because he's never left you. But you've got to recognize him. You've got to hold on to him. You've got to pull him into your life. You have to make him Lord and submit. That's what Daniel did. That's what the Hebrew children did. That's what David was doing. See, Psalms 118.8 says this, It is better to trust in the Lord 
than to put confidence in man. That means it's better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in man regardless of what you're doing and regardless of who the man is. In 2 Timothy 4.18, he says, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve unto me Preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Daniel, he delivereth and he rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? We saw that in Daniel 6.27. All of these things are the things that the Lord lets us do. It lets us be part of knowing that when we come to him, he hears us, and he will deliver us. He shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me. I don't know. I've never thought much about the Lord dealing in formaldehyde. That's a preservative. Never thought much about how he does preserve me. See, but he doesn't wrap me and pickle me in formaldehyde. He wraps me in love and holds me with his might. He'll deliver you just the same as he delivered the Hebrew children, as he delivered David, as he delivered Daniel, as he's delivered me. But we must believe. And I love it that he's our shield, which helps us to believe. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, he says, Above all, taking on the shield of faith. Faith will protect us from desperation. Faith will protect us from depression. Faith will protect us from the lies of the enemy. Because in Ephesians 6.16, when he says, Above all, taking on the shield of faith, he says, Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Every single thing that the devil is throwing at you can be completely negated, rendered harmless, have zero effect on you, if you just use your faith, your shield of faith. In Psalms chapter 28 and verse 7, he says that the Lord is my strength and my shield. The Lord protects us when we call upon him. He says, call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Psalmist David continued in Psalms 28, 7 and said, My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Call on the one who can help you. Call on the one that's never lost a battle. Call on the one that knows the way to victory. Call on the one that is willing and able to keep you and to protect you. In Psalms chapter 84 and verse 11, he says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I encourage you to live a life that 
you don't have to spend 10 minutes trying to get your life right with God before you can begin to ask him what you need. See, if you hold iniquity in your heart, as the psalmist David told us, he won't hear your prayers. You got to ask for forgiveness, but 1 John 1, 9 tells us if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And in doing so, we then will be at a state where we can ask God for his help and his protection. Just like it said, the Lord will give grace and glory. In Proverbs 35, he says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. I don't know about you, but I want to be hidden behind what I know won't fall, crumble, fail, or allow anything to hurt me. And my God goes before me, and he surrounds me, and he even encamps his angels round about me so that I don't dash my foot upon a stone. God is my shield. He protects me from things I don't even know that I need protected from. There are things that were coming into my life and coming around me that may have called me harm that he has protected me from. I've been delayed perhaps in going somewhere, and that's kept me from being in a car wreck. I have changed plans perhaps, and that's kept me from being in a place where some trouble or Issues were going to be something that was going to cause me harm, and I never made it there. I have been directed to go different places by the Holy Spirit that perhaps may have kept me from being in some kind of harm's way. That's when he was my shield, and I didn't know it. I've crawled up on his lap behind his shield when my parents were dying. And I knew that shield was one of comfort. I've crawled up behind his shield and placed all of my faith and all of my might and all of my trust in him when people were saying bad things about me without cause. I've crawled behind the shield when he has called me to duty and it looked like around me there were enemies and it was going to be difficult and I've watched him light a path for me to see in a dark, dark world. And I've watched him protect me from anything the world could do to me. I've crawled behind the shield of faith and his shield of protection when I was in a place and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't see how things were going to be right. I was in pain. And as the psalmist David told me, I was still and knew that he was God. And I allowed him to show me the way out. I allowed him to make a way where there was no way. I allowed him to make wrongs right. I allowed him to lead me in the way everlasting. I've crawled behind that shield of protection when my world felt like it was crumbling around about me. And I've stepped out in faith, one foot in front of the other, behind that shield. 
and watched my enemies fall to my sides. My blessings mount up like mountains. My joy be filled like an overflowing brook. And my eyes as bright as stadium lights. Not because my circumstances changed. Because the shield of my God was greater than all coming at me. It's my prayer that you too understand that. And that you've come to know him as personal savior, personal friend, your deliverer, and your shield. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com slash watwm, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. Greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you and you are loved. Happy girl.